Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined, as always, by Vinny Kiyomko Yap. Hola. Hey, and we have uh, in studio with us some special guests. Megan is out. She had the baby. Ta-da. Ta-da. Did the baby. But uh, in taking her place, we have uh, Mr. Chris Padgett. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and Judy McDonald. Hi there. Oh, kind of like a Catholic celebrity edition of the right? Afternoon and, Show. And Oprah. And Oprah, that's right. Uh, Judy's dog Oprah here on the floor. Just kind of, she's sort of... Sounds weird. Right now, she looks like she's coveting my coffee. She is really looking at it, which is... Oprah's a dog. It's making me uncomfortable. Just (laughs) FYI. So, yeah. (laughs) Staring contest. Who's got a break first? (laughs) I I wouldn't win that one. So, hey, welcome welcome to the afternoon morning show, guys. Thank Thank you. you. So the whole premise of this Thank podcast... Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Bringing Thank a lot you. to the show so far. Anyway. <laughs> so far, this is worth the drive. I wish people would see you. You literally just need a velvet jacket on and a cigar. And a pipe. Oh, I am a in glass my, of wine. Yeah. I am else. in my wingback chair. That is uh, yes. it's super regal. And we have Chris Pageant propped up on a stool. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so cute. you should have seen it when we started in here. That was literally Vinny was on a stool. I that was. was yes. Was, Megan had a comfy chair. I had and a comfy I chair. And I leaned had, back just right and broke the chair. Oh, the, the, it was like a little... Little red that. IKEA stool. Yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, I can lean back on this thing, crack. Yeah, yeah. right. It doesn't do that. So the so. the premise of the show is it's it's the conversation that you want to have. Um, so it's just like it's just a conversation. There's no real format or I've, planning that I'm goes guessing into it. that. Yeah, no far. So, not but, at all. Yeah, but I do have. <laughs> so we like to keep it real. But I do have some questions and or some thoughts or some things that I wanted to jump into today on this episode. Of the afternoon Sweet. morning show, brought to you by Everyday Catholic, a five hundred one c nonprofit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that, I love it. that will get slipped in from time to yeah. time. Hey, so this one actually came from a listener. Uh, one of our listeners, I posted on the afternoon morning show Facebook group. Um, hey, just let us know if there's anything you want to talk about. And one of the things she brought up was there was someone on one of the local um, chat groups who was looking for a Catholic youth group. Wanted to know if there was a great Catholic youth group in town. And Maria, uh, Maria, our listener, is one of our core members. But what she said was just really upsetting was the amount of vitriol that came. Like the like, you know, just it's a big word. I do. I, I like to think that I'm back it up. Yeah, every once in a while, yeah. we'll all just be speaking common person, and then he'll just slip in a big word. Because of his ed- education, yeah. at St. Francis Catholic School in Vista, right. California. Yeah, yeah. there is you by everyday Catholic. There's more yeah. than yeah. there's more than two of us here today. That's Chris. true. Yeah. So Ooh. Vinny and Judy and I all grew up at the same parish. That's cool. In the same grade. Where are you at, Chris? Yeah. I was probably living in the Dakotas, just trying to figure <laughs> out what He was married with, with 10 kids when we were in third grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was homesteading. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. So anyway, but so uh, so there's that's going on. Like it, so, there's a lot of just a lot of Catholic priest comments about you know like just you know a bunch of child molesters and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then I, I thought that was it kind of poignant because also on Saturday Night Live over the weekend we had Pete Davidson basically said if you support the Catholic Church it's like being an R Kelly fan. Whoa. And then yeah, the audacity. That's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> and when your voice cracks, I'm not sure that is a word. Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's audacity <laughs> to say that uh, R Kelly's music was better. Than the Catholic churches, and I, I could hear Tom Booth's little heartbreak. Oh, I heard this. I just I'm... well, it's interesting because um, if you were looking for a reason to leave the Catholic Church, it's going to happen now. You yeah. have it. Yeah. Yeah. You have it in spades. And honestly, there's even more coming out. I just saw an article of another bishop that I've 
Uh, I had worked in that diocese. Um, a whole bunch of things are now coming to light, just money mis mismanagement, sexual allegations. I mean, there's a million reasons for you to leave the church, and we should be rightly upset and irritated, no doubt about it. But I didn't, I, you know, as a convert, I didn't become Catholic because of a bishop or because of a priest or because mm. of a pope. I became Catholic because of Jesus Christ and specifically the teaching of that authority passed on. And there are weeds with the wheat. I think that we've forgotten that. There's a, there's a propensity to have this like love for someone in authority, and we think that they're perfect and we, they have it all together. But, but they're broken. They need Jesus just as much as we do. And there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of hiding and shuffling in corners, things that should have been uh, put into the light. And I, so I think in some ways, while it is frustrating to see that, that anger and the thing, it's just so quick. Like people are almost reactionary, ready mm -hmm. to, to, to be angry. And yeah. there's some understanding that should have happened towards that because there's a lot of wounds that for too long have been ignored. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, I got into church ministry, uh, into church ministry, as opposed to, you know, the pagan ministry. I was for the before. money. Yeah, well, totally. <laughs> yeah, that and the fame. Uh, but I got in in like around the turn of the century, right? You know, uh, which I like to say, turn of the century to make you sound old timey. But yeah. that was the first scandal, right? And I think that's what the thing that got me the most about this wave was, was like, expletive, we've already done this. Like, we've already right. been through yeah. this. Like, it's... Um, you know, and so I, I've, I've definitely been of the pitchforks and torches mindset, um, since the, you know, Pittsburgh and, and all that broke. And I don't even think this is the first, you were saying like the, f this is the time to jump ship. I think throughout the whole church, it's been time to jump ship. Oh if, yeah. If you've wanted to jump ship, there's always a good reason yeah. to, um, yeah. you know, Judas, well, that sucked. <laughs> Jeez, these, yeah. these apostles are a bunch of hypocrites. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. And the other thing I was going to say, uh, the one cool thing about that SNL, because I watch it because I'm cool, I'm hip. I watch now, especially because it's I'm on at 8.30 is the only reason I watch oh, right. it. Wow. They, they now air it live. Uh, but he, he got boos. He got Did booed. He? And he, he, you could see as a comic, I could tell that look he had in his eyes like, oh, he either is going to jump ship. If he went on stage, he would have stopped the bit. But Lauren Michaels was like, you go. So um, there was people in the audience. So all I could think of was Greg Iwinski must be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing about that, though, I didn't see the episode yet, but Pete Davidson has been digging a hole for a little while. Mm -hmm. as oh, absolutely. Yeah. Pray for he's him. He's kind of yep. got some some issues he's he's working through. And I almost feel like... They're loving him right now because he's garnering a whole bunch of publicity for oh sure for them. Any publicity is is good publicity yeah. in that kind of world. So yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, not to be weird about it, but again, I think he articulates what many people are thinking. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, but I I feel like again for me my my role is um is is ultimately to love Christ and to love those people that are hurt. My son was looking at the priesthood, and uh, I remember I said to him when this was first coming out, I said, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to think you're insane and ridiculous for doing this, and I think you should just realize what's about to happen and the amount of anger and frustration that's coming out. And he said to me, he goes, I don't, I don't care what people think. And ultimately, you know, when it comes to us as Catholics, like we can't spend too much time worrying about what someone would think. I and mean, we, we have work to do. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. You know, and it's funny because I was I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know why, but it's like it's like a young man asking for uh, asking you know his girlfriend's father for permission. Right. Like, well, what if he says no? Like, if you're a guy who's going to be like, well, then we can't get married, then you really didn't deserve to marry that mm -hmm. woman anyway. Is that, you know, like if you're not strong enough to say, like, gosh, I wanted your blessing. But you're not going to stop us, like yeah. you know that, that. And it's kind of the same thing. Pursuing a vocation in the priesthood, it's like, 
gosh, if you're looking for societal approval on right. this, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. yeah. Man, you said something about a, a financial crisis in a diocese. Like it was a financial, I was like, oh gosh, that'd be so refreshing. Well, <laughs> somebody that please embezzle some money. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's if interesting? That was the only I remember thing. Uh, Chris Stewart from uh, Casting Net said, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with a poor church. Oh yeah, and I lo- I loved that, and I I thought to myself, you know what, that is true. We cannot sit and just hold on to the the money, thinking we're going to be okay. Like if we had to spend every single penny to make restitution to the people that have been hurt, we we should do that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I'm so I think people are just intolerant now of that kind of behavior uh, from people in authority that should know better and are are. Are not acting in accordance to that to that vocation to that call to that example. Oh yeah, and I, I think again I'll go back to the I think there is some pent up. Gosh, we've been doing this for twenty years. You know, like we I thought I thought this scab was removed at the you know around two thousand two or whatever it was, um, and then we were all moving on and healing, and then it was just yeah. like oh no no that wasn't we were lying about that actually we didn't actually <laughs> fix that you know in fact well, we got I this cardinal and he's a, a doozy so yeah you know, i think there's still a know. tendency to want to cover it up i, I oh, really yeah. oh yeah i think there's a terrifying you know kind of undercurrent that says well i don't know if the, the masses can really handle how bad it is um and i know people who have obviously as do you have gone to seminary and just it's been a, a cluster there oh yeah it's been yeah. literally a freaking insane experience where you're <laughs> it's like a prison uh, yeah, I've, I've be careful. Yeah, I've kind of likened sending young men to the seminary to sending young men to Normandy. You know yeah, what I mean? Like you right. just, mm-hmm. we just have to keep sending good ones and hope that they yeah. make it through. And yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately, a lot of them are going to get crushed on the beach. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it and the, it sucks. The, the positive though is, I do see this huge uh, wave <clears throat> of of young men who are passionate for the faith and who are decidedly uh, Catholic and excited about that. I mean, I think there's a lot of hope. Uh, amidst all of this. But, um, you know, this is not, as Judy mentioned, this is not a new idea. Even back in the Old Testament, there was problems with the Levitical priesthood, and there was issues that were at work, and God would speak to the prophets about, I cannot believe that this stuff is going on. You know, like, like come on, like, let's shake things up. Like, quit messing around <laughs> Get it like together. this. We're going to expose the, the lies and the scandal. It's the sons and, of Eli, you know? You know, this is what has to happen sometimes. And, um, Lord willing, we're all kind of focusing on the plank in our own eye uh, and dealing with the junk in our own life. I don't like uh, one thing you're saying right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you got hair gel. Yeah. In your hair. Clumps of it. Clumps. And someone hair. says, hey, Chris. Hey. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you got a clump of hair gel. Not that that happened. No. 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 It's clearly it a they don't have mirrors where he's clearly staying. Clearly Yeah. <laughs> I'm I think, in a very but, austere, very... Yeah. Quiet, almost Franciscan kind of place. Yes, yes, it's uh, you know <laughs> the Hampton Inn. Yeah, it's the Hyatt uh, <laughs> Franciscan. Yeah. yeah, you know it is interesting, and I think that is true. That you know the that call to self reflection, you know, and, I, and I've heard that said again and again. Like, well, our our clergy are just a reflection of the church, and you go, well, that's. <laughs> I guess I'm just so tired of the platitudes, mm-hmm. like the like you know the uh, there's some some like you're right that's true they are they're a reflection of the church, but that means you know like we need to be better than mm-hmm. the culture, you know like we can't say well the culture's sick and that's why the priesthood's sick well the culture's always been sick you right. know, um, but uh, yeah you're right weeds in the wheat there are weeds in the and wheat. you know what the culture has always been sick and now it's under uh, it's instant 
sick. <laughs> Meaning that, just like the dummy who got caught in the Jaguar, I'm jumping your bit. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're, you're it's instant. In. You know, like a long time yeah, ago, yeah. hundred years ago, if father somebody did something bad, I would have never, ever, 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 ever heard about it unless I was mm. privy to that record, right. which no one was. Or you and, knew that family. Or it happened yeah. to me. Right. But um, now it's instant. And what what is that doing to future generations? What is that doing to our church? What is that doing? I don't know. We have five more podcasts about this though. So. No, yeah. Brought to you by the everyday standard Catholic. Catholic. Oh, everyday Catholic. Every standard Catholic. Sorry, that I sounds... forgot. Come on. I, I, don't, I don't read my checks as yeah. they come in. <laughs> my board of directors is like, She's wait, what? Paid. Who's paying who yeah. now? Yeah. What? I was like, wait, you get checks? Yeah. No, no it's just cash under the day. Anyway. He's paying me no, in no, checks. It's, uh, everyday Catholic. Like, 501c3 nonprofit. Supported by listeners like you. Uh, yeah. But okay, so you bring that up, the instant sort of thing. You know, I was talking to my son last night. and Which one? Uh, the oldest. Okay. We, I don't. This is the thing. I don't. So use you really got to clarify. <laughs> yes, I know. I only have Billy. A couple. Billy. Yeah, actually. Billy, Billy, Billy. It's funny because we one of our kids could have been Willy Bob. Oh um, no! If we if That's we played so it right. Oh, that yeah. would have been so great. But we did no. not. Willy Bob. <laughs> Willy Bob. <laughs> That's. Willy Bob, get in here. Yeah. Willy Bob Mueller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you no, didn't but, take that chance. But I typically don't use my name, my kids' names on on stuff like this. I'm weird Neither about do that. I. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. But you do use Oprah's name. Yeah, Oprah. Oprah. You're yeah. not worried about strangers abducting her? Nope. I mean, <laughs> no. People do think I'm crazy, though. Yeah. I say, what'd you do yesterday? Well, I gave Oprah a bath. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't know it's a dog. So. Well, yeah, that's. You oh. can cut this part. Yeah. Out. Yeah, but see, that's the trick. Don't give them any sort of no. like clarity. Exactly. Just let them wonder. I, yeah. But you did kind of segue into this. I was talking Thank to you. my son yesterday, and he um. Really, Billy. It's our freshman year in high school, right? And this is my first freshman year in high school since my freshman year in high school. Of course, I was in youth ministry for twenty years, so probably you know. Anyway, but um, the world has changed so much, and we're talking about just friends and and groups and people he hangs out with. And one of the things that he brought up, he says it's really like it's it makes him very uncomfortable is just the amount of sexting that's out there. And he doesn't have social media like he doesn't have like um, some of the social media apps like Instagram or Snapchat. Like we just we've kind of made a choice not to go down that road yet. Um, but he says like he says, I can't believe how stupid people are. It's like, don't you know, he's going to show people that. Right. Yeah. Right. And then and so he was, you know, but he was just talking about that. But that is the reality that like. Everything is so instant all the time now. Like there was a big fight at one of our local schools, um, and the major problem was that the six kids who were in the fight, that was a problem. But the other problem was the hundred something kids that they couldn't get to those kids because there were so many people trying to take Just videos VMs. of it, yeah. yep. right? And so that you know, what? Where are we now as a culture that that's the norm, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are, we're we're not, not living. Be, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm not trying to be antagonistic, but I remember a fight at our school when I was younger, and I mean, we all wanted to go see it. Right. We oh, just sure. didn't have phones to record it. Yeah, we're all watching it, and you the the teachers still had to break through and try to figure yeah. out. They had gone off campus so that they couldn't, you know, right. get in yeah. trouble and all that, but. You know, it, there's a fascination with things that we know are, um, it's almost like primordial, like this, who's the who's the strongest, who's the greatest. It's it's kind of a, or even like that whole proverbial, I can't, I didn't want to look at it, but I couldn't stop looking at it, you know, mm, an right, accident yeah. or a train wreck. Or... But yeah, I mean, I think what happens, that instant gratification that social media affords or that our, our technology affords, it almost just placates <laughs> that weird... Um, interest that we have in things that usually was was a rarity so for example when when i was kids there was no technology like that if somebody was going to look at something bad they had to find a you know a magazine somewhere 
Right. Oh, yeah. Now, obviously, you can accidentally be, you know, looking at something on YouTube and an ad can come up that's that's scandalous. Or, I, you know, I play this like little almost Tetris type game and sometimes the ads in between there are like, I can't believe that's coming right. up. Mm-hmm. But if I want to in any second, there's anything there. I just... I just listened to uh, the audio version of David Spade's uh, kind of newest book, like a Polaroid guy in, in, in whatever. Instagram world. Instagram world. Like, yeah. And I cannot believe the amount of time he spent talking about his looking at pornography as if mm. this was just no big deal. And it was yeah. um, it was kind of fun. And he was just and all I could think is, like, you know, like this is so odd, this bit, you know. Yeah. This oh, bit, yeah. Which yeah. is. Yeah. But, but like, honestly, you know, it's instant. It's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's constantly yeah. available. But I remember, like, so the the normalization of pornography that was happening like late late nineteen nineties with like Friends and E Entertainment Television, and you'd have like the E Entertainment special on Jenna Jameson or whatever. Yeah. Or on Friends, remember it was like a big plot line, like Joey. I and mean, there's one story where Joey and Chandler, uh, the the porn channel, got unscrambled, mm. so they just didn't leave the house for like days, right? Um, and by the end of the episode, like they're like, oh, the weirdest thing, I got in an elevator with a woman, and she didn't want to like. Nothing happened. Like right. it was, you know, like they, yeah. it would totally warp their mind or like. He's just a plumber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, all they did was want to deliver a pizza. Yeah. You know, uh, but it, 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 like, this is not something that just happened. We've been, like, it's been like a push. Like there's been a de- desensitization towards this going on. Yeah. Like culturally, I think it's become entertainment more and more. Yeah. And that's the push to see it that way to the point where now you get David Spade, a mainstream comic who does, you know, a, a, a lengthy bit on his porn consumption. Yeah, well, so yeah you, it was odd. Yeah, man. It, like you, you look at like in the '90s, it got s- so late at night that those kinds of shows would come on, you know. But now that it's so like upfront and in your face, normal primetime television, yeah, you don't see those anymore. Yeah, you know, like it's it's one of those it's one of those things to where it's become such a norm that. Yeah. There's no, there's no need. I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm super distracted. Your mic is so hot right is now. It really? <laughs> it's so hot, hot right now. Can you? Right. I, I don't know which input you're in. Can you turn yourself down? I can't. Yeah. Chris is still kind of not. Hot yeah, mic. I can get a little closer to my mic. That's good. We can, can edit this, this out or not. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I was like, well, well it's interesting because whether you're talking yeah. about pornography or violence, what we have now is what used to be something that was a rarity, right? Is now commonplace, right? Um. You know, I, I think in some ways, too, Tosh.0, like if you've ever seen that show, I it's hard to watch that show for me because because he finds the most almost like aggressive or um, gross or like dysfunctional thing to to feature on his show and um, giving light to something that. Should probably never have light <laughs> yeah, on that, it. That or that you would you would never have seen. You would have right. just maybe at best heard about. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just things like Tide Pod challenges and all of these. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't. I, some of this stuff, I'm thinking, are you an idiot? Like what? Yeah, and then yeah. it's almost like I just they're looking for something to go viral. They want to be yeah. a sensation, so they are going to go down avenues that are so unique. It's it's. It's what it is. I don't begrudge it. I just, I think it's good to be aware of it. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I say this all the time. I feel like we've become pushers to reach the users, you know? And so things like the Tide Pod challenge thing that blew up, my son's take on that was, dad, nobody did that. 
<laughs> Nobody did that right. except for like maybe two kids yeah. and then a bunch of adults and they made it a big deal of it. Or the Momo challenge. That's not really I was going to say thing, the Momo you know? challenge. Yeah. yeah. It's another one of those things where it's like, that's not really a thing. It's just, you know. And our news cycle. I have no idea what that is, by the way. What? Momo. Oh, it was like this big thing where there was a. It turned out to be a scam, I thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was supposedly that in children's videos, this really grotesque oh, looking face was popping okay. up and then giving kids rewards for like self harm yeah. or something. And yeah. Okay. Um, which is great because I do a workshop called Parenting in the Internet Age, and it stirred up a whole lot of interest. So bring oh, it on. Uh, Everyday Catholic. Yes, Everyday Catholic. Dot, <laughs> dot org. Yeah. The, uh, the news dot cycle. Com. Oh, dot net. No, we, we, we bought that. JudyMcDonald.net. JudyMcDonald.com <laughs> has been taken for the last 25 years. Can I tell you, I had ChrisMuller.co, oh. and oh, I had a bunch of sweet old Colorado? ladies from the Catholic charismatic community trying to email me because I was on a, yeah. a committee, and they're getting ChrisMuller.com, and he's an angry <laughs> photographer from Venice. Oh. I got uh, one yeah. better for you. <laughs> my original chrispadgett.com was by a photographer in Alabama, and he sold me my name, mm. so I own it now. Yeah, I asked to buy the one from chrismuller.com, and he he uh, he has a very interesting grasp on the language. Yeah, um, <laughs> very colorful from my understanding. And, uh, yes, yeah, very yeah. articulate, yeah, man. Yeah, I was saying about the news cycle. I uh, have a degree in media communications from the University of San Diego. Thanks, sort of, Mom and Dad. Sort of, a, sort of a Catholic college. It's Catholic. Listen, <laughs> it's people like you. Anyway, um, I spent more time in campus ministry and at mass at, at than classes. But when I was there, we learned about media integrate integration. I can't talk today. It's the fever. <laughs> Integrity, though, and um, the news cycle. And the news cycle now, you have to understand too, is at warp speed. Oh yeah. It's just it's disgusting, and it's not even you're not you're Trump. not backing up. Things you're not looking for sources. There's right. no. Yeah. It's just scary. Like, and it's only been. I graduated in supposed to graduate in '98. I did in '99, and in that amount of time, it's just I don't even know what classes look like. It would be an exciting time to take some of those comm yeah. classes now. Yeah, totally. Well, it's, it's journalism's changed from journalism to to entertainment, right? right? And and yeah. so you have 24 hour news channels. It's you're now fighting for ratings. You're not. There's nothing about conveying yeah. information. Right. So you're finding your demographic and you're feeding them what they want. We have a whole know? generation that gets their news from Snapchat. Yeah. Which yeah, is absolutely. I've started to, and it's it's better news. <laughs> there's not as much yelling. <laughs> no, that's true. But that's because it's also from. From one side. Oh yeah, you we're know? totally sculpting so, people how yeah. we want them to see the news, and but that's each. You know, Fox does their MSNBC. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's I don't know. It's yeah. scary right now where well, you get your info. And it's it, so we have a young adult in our young adult program. That is that better by the way. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh no, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. I was just checking time because I didn't um, set my timer. But she works um, with the newspaper at her college in in San Diego and brought up. Um, just something that was going on within the student body and and within the um, like the professors and stuff in, in a specific department, um, and she got reamed for it. It's the truth. It's something that she's she followed a long time, um, and she got reamed for it. They were gonna pull her from the class. Like they were just gonna do all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but then somebody else, which had written something, at least from my understanding, had written something that wasn't as well done, but was like shocking. It was like, right. Like a bigger thing. Um, and that was going to make it. Yeah. It was like the, the real, real like journalism was done here, but it didn't, and it didn't fit the narrative. Exactly. Right. right. Well, yeah. and it was, it was also going to shed light in areas like the way journalism should, it was going to sh shed light in an area. Right. Um, and she got put into the fire for it. Yeah. And that's, actually, 
Because yeah, we should bring that back. It's middle middle literally no, I'm in yelling. the fire. Yeah. <laughs> People maybe wouldn't do bad things anymore. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm for caning, and uh, oh. you know, yeah. That's, that's why thundering. your kids walk with a limp. <laughs> well, you know, don't. Yeah, it's true. I'm Little willy billy. I don't believe in spanking. It doesn't stop me. <laughs> as long as it's videotaped. That's yeah, what we've yeah. Learned. That's exactly yeah. right. No, if it's not there for social media consumption, really, what's the point? <laughs> right. Didn't, uh, if it, no pics, it didn't happen. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, what would have changed if there was Snapchat during the crucifixion? Do you think Christianity would have spread faster, further? Woo. Or would Whoa. it have not because of the fear factor? But in its own way. So the only way Christianity spread was word of mouth. Was right was a story that was so incredible that it got spread from generation to generation. Not just a story, but truth. Don't call me a heretic. Um, but it's w- would it have changed? Would it have... That's something like I think about sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. You, you know, it's interesting because I just... I, I literally just did a, an article on this for Ascension Press about... Like, Dot com. Yeah. But now how the... You know, it, like Rome really was the perfect time for the spread of Christianity because at the first for like the first time you have a universal language which you and, and Ch- you could argue China had a universal language but you have a universal language in Rome that spreads across multiple cultures and multiple countries and at the same time you had a very um, tolerant empire structure like Rome we, we talk about the persecutions but the persecutions weren't constant right, right. Mm-hmm. they were they were limited they were and they were local for the most part but you know so Christianity can spread because of this universal language the Roman roads mm-hmm. this this kind of tolerant cultural context um, but yeah in our modern and so the question in my mind was well, why not now because we're way more connected than we were then and I do wonder if it's because it would have been so like flash in the pan right. you know what I mean and like, this the way it was spread was um, this this uniquely happened to me and I know Chris, so when Chris tells me, hey, Judy, this is this Jesus guy, and this is what he did for me. Right. So is it better that it was spread that way, uh, um, mm. first account? Uh, yeah. Right. When, and when people can actually, they're, they're processing information, yeah. not right. just consuming information. Because as your dad is famous for saying, do you yeah. know Jesus in, a, yeah. you know, in oh, an yeah. intimate way? Right, yeah. Um, I grew up on Muellerisms. Um, actually, is it the Holy Spirit yeah. or is it pizza? I don't That's, know. Yeah, that was a blog I wrote for a while. Mueller it's not all. Business. It's not all. What's the other one? Uh, candy and oh, it's all no, uh, Cadillacs. Cadillacs and candy Cadillac. bars. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but your dad's whole premise, and I listened to his homilies forever, was: Do you have a personal relationship with this guy, or is it just you come to mass and go through the, you know, jump up and down and get your communion, and you're a jerk in the parking lot? And it was cool because he was saying, I go to the 4:30 mass at Saturday night because I got I got things to do on Sunday. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm the youngest at that mass by 40, 50 years. I think that's probably the cultural standard across <laughs> yeah. every parish right. in America. But I love yeah. it. Yeah. Go, you guys, because I feel so hip there. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it was so cool because you have your natural hips. Right. Uh, I know. I'm the only <laughs> one, not mechanical. Um, but yeah, people are like, could you bend down and pick that up? Do it again. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but the point was that he was telling this to people who were going to meet Jesus any minute. And w- but, but we don't get it. We still don't get it. People are 80 and still don't get it. And, and it's so great that, you know, our generation is speaking to youth in a way that they're going to get it. I got it in a way my parents didn't, you know, um, as, and as a convert, you're just sitting there like drawing tattoos on your arm. But uh, no, <laughs> but but it's so great that that personal relationship with Jesus is um, it's different than a social media relationship. Right. Yeah. It's real. And it's, so, there's so many. So it's interesting because I think there's a propensity to um, to 
see extremes when we talk about things like social media. Um, it's prevalent in a lot of here he comes social Catholic. media apologist. I'm sorry. I personally, I have a great affection for social media, and I'm trying to figure out ways to utilize it to its highest and fullest capacity, especially even within the con- relational context. So, I did a um, a class. I do a class uh, for Catholic Distance University. I was able to create it, which basically (laughs) looks at the common problems that most people doing ministry are going to face. So we talk about same-sex attraction, and we talk about women in the priesthood, and I mean, you name it. I know we're talking about next podcast. Good issue is going to be discussed, and um, ultimately. I find that uh, people are interested in talking about those subjects, but they want it to always be super cl- black and white, clear, and right. everything's a problem. And when you talk about social media, usually the go-to is it's just bad. There's mostly bad, and it's rarely good, and so honestly, you should pull back. But I kind of feel like, um, and I did this class, I had a, a guy that interviewed his niece, and he asked this question, would you rather hang out with your close friends together or would you rather hang out on social media and she responded i'd rather hang out with my friends on social media Mm -hmm. which my mouth like fell open i could not believe this um she was i think she was a a young girl from india and that might be where she had lived and and i was thinking about this and there was a million reasons for her why it was a little bit more convenient for all of them to interact on social media like that and I think in some ways we really need to pay attention to that when it comes to us as a church because if we want to reach people, we have to be very strategic in utilizing social media. Look, I agree with Judy 100% that there's something that you can't articulate uh, about the one-on-one personal interaction that you can have with someone. But I use this app, Marco Polo, all the time where I literally can see <laughs> that person and their inflections and their facial countenance mm. and all of that. And the, and that's almost like, or FaceTime, it's almost like we're there. But even then, it's still a little bit disconnected because yeah. they can't reach out mm. and hold or touch or feel you know, their their laughter, their embrace, whatever. So I I guess partly, I think as long as we're talking about it, when we think about social media and all of that, there's a lot we can do to garner and foster and nourish real relationships, actually. Oh, sure. But nothing could, I think, replace that ultimate interaction of what it would have been like to sit and literally listen to, like, St. John speak about Jesus. Right. Right. And to hear your father, as we've been talking about, share what would that be like? I mean, it's one thing for me to hear this. This is a great example because I've never met him. So I don't know what he's like. But all of you knew him and saw that and could tell that that was a real tangible moment in your life because it was a physical encounter. Yeah. The best I could get would be to watch a video of him. Right. And so I'm missing something in a way. Or you have a product in front of you. Which we can say the right. same thing about Ooh. faith. Like, so being one on one with his dad for so many years, look at look at this kid. He's like the good Mueller. The other ones are jerks. No. But you know, maybe you I'm know, you followed in your dad's yeah. footsteps as far as that. And it's only because you I would have to think that you saw him and walked with him and talked to him on a one on one. It's different from me listening to him and um, you know do you know what I mean though? It's it's yeah. 
it's it's a product of that one-on-one personal relationship and it's so cool and um but yeah that that just came to me and that's cool right holy it, spirit part. you know it's interesting because my bob's listening hey bob yeah there you go and that and that has been something very real about the whole process of grief and loss is coming to understand that like that idea of asking the saints to pray for you like wait Oh no, I'm asking my, like, he's not distant and far, like he's with me and we can have a running dialogue, you know, throughout the day. Um, and it's different, but you know, but it's, you know, it's interesting. I think growing up with a dad who was in love with the Lord, um, and had that, that powerful relationship with, with God. And then was such a, a public kind of figure in that, you know, I, I didn't end up ministry. It's, I think it was a freedom to do what God was calling me to do. You know, right. And even like when Christina and I got engaged, it was, you know, we'd only known each other for like six months. Um, and, and it was his, his response was, well, if it's what God's telling you to do, then you do it. Right. You know, that's it. Like that, that's, you know, and then that's, did he do a fertility Oh my gosh. Or? Yeah. And it took six kids later, <laughs> stupid fertility blessings. Dad, that is one we're going to talk about. Um, next episode. <laughs> yeah. On the next episode in, in, in the next three hours. Um, but yeah, you know, and that is an interesting thing is. You know, how does the faith communicated? And you're right, Chris. How can we use things like social media to be more effective in it? I, I the the scary thing with social media for me, and I'm 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 more on the other side where I think we need to not not that I'm anti. I just think we need to be as a parent, like one of the things I teach parents is why. Like why are you why does your kid need this? What is the benefit of it? And does the benefit outweigh the cost? Right? It's funny, I'm 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 listening to um digital minimalism right now. Uh, and one of the, it's, it's, it, I can't remember the author's name, but he, you know, it's an idea of one of the premises of the book is, um, again, it's that, is the, is the, does the cost outweigh the benefit? And he talks about, um, what's the guy on, on Walden Pond? Come on. Thoreau? Thoreau, yeah. How Thoreau goes to Walden Pond. I was Pond. thinking gold on Golden yeah. Pond, and I'm like, oh, man, I shouldn't be at this podcast. <laughs> you poop face or but, whatever they But call Thoreau them. really does this economics of how much time do I have to spend working to have the lifestyle I want? Right. And it's like – and I think the social media question for like for me as a as a uh, evangelist, like I, I have to do these things. Like I have to be on social media. But, but do I have to be on social media the way I am? Or is there a way that I can get the benefit? Or, or as a, as a as a as a student, like I want to be connected to my friends. How can I have that connectedness, but not the exchange that I'm losing in the exchange? I'm sure. gaining from the exchange. Well, that's going to be different from person to person, I believe. Oh, sure. In terms of understanding yourself and what what that is. But here's what I'm going to say, and this is maybe a little controversial, but probably yes, not. Do it. Yes. If we want to reach kids. Yeah, we better be working social media. Right. Oh, absolutely. I would. I would so, agree with that. So you can complain all you want that people are on social media too much, that they're out of balance, uh, too much, that they're that they're kind of just infatuated with something that maybe you know the cost and the, you know what I'm. I'm just, I, yeah, okay, but none of that changes the fact that they're there. And not just kids, like <laughs> oh, adults. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, sure. And then, you know, just like you, would, where Jesus would go hang out with prostitutes and tax collectors, I'm going to be on Instagram and not even, I'm going to be on Reddit. I'm going right. to be on places where other people be like, why are you no, there? I'm going I'm going in. And face. sometimes I think about this too. I'm like, it, this is embarrassing if someone would see my phone. Um, not that I'm looking at, you know, weird donkey sites or anything, but gave us the phone, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you get sucked in this vortex where you follow like this, you know, you follow a thread and oh, yeah. half the time I'm like praying for these people and interceding, but 
you want to be there. And this is how it was for me in the comedy clubs, too. You want to be there and you want to be a fly in the wall and you want to be a peer, but you don't want to be that clanging like, hey, everybody, what about Jesus? Right. Because <laughs> right away you get banished from that inner circle. Or you get sucked in telling yourself it's, hey, everybody, what, look at Jesus. And it's really, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Right. You and know? That, and that's, we, that's a problem that. with speakers right. and media content. On it. Yeah. Now, I'll, a counterpoint, though, and not, not counterpoint. counterpoint, just but just like in addition, though, yes, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, but he also spent a lot of time alone. Right. In, in quiet and in prayer. And I think that's where we're, we're finding that as in this modern age, we need to seek out that sanctuary, those those times like when the apostles came back and he says, okay, now we need to go to a quiet place. Right. And the crowds followed him. Do you know what the thing but the about desire that is, was, is, you know. Um, but they turned their phones off when they went. They probably I, did. Yeah. I think the, po- the point of that is you have nothing to share if you have, if you've not replenished yourself with oh, sure. your relationship with Christ. I mean, that's... I mean, not to be weird, but if you really wanted to maximize the social media reality, then then you're either pulling stuff out of nowhere or you are you have something to give. And I often tell people doing ministry, you can't give what you don't have. So that cliche, which is very true, though, and how do you regain and and have something to give? You spend time with Christ. And yeah. throughout the day, there's a million opportunities to have that conversation with him and to think and to reflect and you can get into a place where, I mean, hopefully, eventually, you're like St. Paul invites us to be, right? Praying without ceasing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, anyway, I love the conversation about social media because I usually find people are um, living in the land of extremes. That's what they love. They want they want to just say it's all bad, just like television is mm. all bad, just like, you know, whatever movies are Black and white again. Bad. You're speaking to my heart right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? No, no, it's, it's all bad. That's me. I'm the I'm the, I'm the alarmist. I'm no, not I'm a not. Fan of of that. I th- I yeah. call it offensive or defensive parenting. <laughs> right. That, that um, it's easier to be defensive, where you almost kind of go off into a little um, hole, and it's almost like the little house on the prairie. You know, we're gonna be like that. Which great, I love that show. But we don't live <laughs> during that time frame right. anymore. So it's a lot more work to be an offensive parent and you to ask questions. Why do you like that? What's going on here? What are you listening to? I mean, I mean, it it's going to take work. But yeah. I I think ultimately I'd rather help prepare them for the reality of the real world, real life than yeah. than not. But but every kid's different, so you have to be very alert to your children on. When's a good time or not for them yeah. to be involved in things like that? Hey, we're, we're, we're coming to the close of this, but there's something we've touched on a couple times in this episode, and I thought it would be great to talk about it because, Chris, you actually wrote a book on this. Um, that idea that Judy mentioned, my dad saying, you know, do you have a relationship with Jesus, like an intimate relationship with the Lord? One of the things he often said was, what's God saying to you? You know, <laughs> uh, What's the Lord saying to you right now? And, um, but Chris, you have a book, it's, it's 40 days with the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and I would love to hear, I I haven't read the book. In fact, I didn't know about it until last night when I saw it at the table at St. Martha's Parish Mission. You can have a copy. Why, why we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, You know, it was interesting as a kid, I grew up going to an assembly of God church, which obviously is very pro Holy Spirit and the gifts of the spirit. But then I also went to a Baptist church, which is really not pro gifts of the Holy Spirit and (laughs) is really pro sacred scriptures, you know, and jumping into those. I think what happened was um, I wanted to explore the person of the Holy Spirit maybe in a very different way. So I had come up with this talk I did based on the Acts of the Apostles, and it was called The Irrepressibility of the Holy Spirit. And I looked at five primary points through an analysis of the Acts of the Apostles. 
like that the Holy Spirit was going to work in those apostles to get the gospel message out to the known world. Uh, and no matter what came in the way, there was no obstacle bigger than the work of the Spirit. And so there's the irrepressibility of the Spirit over natural, over supernatural, over religious. I mean, all of these potential obstacles. But I really came to the conclusion that that same Spirit is in us. And so whatever physical obstacles we face, the Spirit in us will give us the victory uh, to be able to share the love of God with those around us or a religious difference. I mean, so all of the obstacles are things. Things that could get in the way, uh, you see an actual tangible example of the Spirit of God working in that early church, and that's that's in us. And so I really wanted to just talk a little bit about the work of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, in a way that really had a tangible, practical impact. So I put it together, and it's a little reflection on 40, 40 chapters, so it could be retreat-esque or Lenten-esque, but... Um, I, I think that is, talk about the whole idea of do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I think we probably should spend some time talking about a personal relationship with Jesus connected to his very spirit given to us in baptism and confirmation. So I'm very interested in exploring a lot more what we would call pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that makes my vitriol word look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, pneumatology yeah. is one I've never... Yep. Yeah. I mean, Unicorn. It's, it's pretty, yeah. it's Unicorn. Excited. Yeah. I mean, most people, when you say the Holy Spirit, visions of doves float in their head right. or some ethereal spirit. Yeah, or, totally. or a black lady making scones. <laughs> I, I, or wait, no, that's... Got, are you talking I, about the shack? Yeah, I yeah. got that wrong. I got that wrong. Never mind. Yeah. That was God the Father, right? I don't know. I think it might have been. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not good I actually had that book. It might even be on my shelf. I meant to get rid of it. But anyway. Oh, it was just not. It's just, <laughs> I meant to burn it. No, I just, it just was one of the, I was one of those, as I was, I was, I was, you know, looking for items that spark joy. I thought this doesn't, oh, this thank is you. not sparking any joy. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. I threw well, away all on my broccoli. Say, I mean, I feel I like, um, I love, I love exploring the work of the Spirit. I could talk about that forever, but ultimately when it's said and done, uh, that very same Spirit in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the love from the Father and the Son is given to us so that we can have the most complete and fulfilled and abundant uh, spiritual life ever. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, so often, I think we want to focus on all sorts of like obsessive, neurotic, you know, doctrinal differences when ultimately we really need to go back to basics that we're invited into this intimate, loving relationship with Christ that, that we're not just us and God, you know, this blissful interaction, but we're meant to be empowered to go forth and share that love. Like what has God done in your life that you could speak about? Yeah, that's that's the reality here. Right. And and the Holy Spirit in us is meant to give us the courage to share that now because God wants to bless those who are hurting around us. Yeah. And praise I, God that he can come to you in a doctoral sense and he can come to you in a small child sense. <laughs> you know that he works on well, all yeah, levels, yeah. zero to one hundred and eighty. Like he'll meet you where you are, which is so cool. And of course, I love the vision of hound of the hound of heaven just pursuing us. And God is so great that He won't pursue you in just one way; He'll pursue you in all these ways. And what sparks joy? If we're talking about Marie Kondo, which is, or whatever if you, her name if you is. read that book, there's so much weird paganism in that. Right. Anyway, just but yeah. the Netflix version, just really quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What Let's does spark joy is only I think sparked by the Holy Spirit, and that you like something 
that should only reflect that God is so great that he created that joy in you to love yeah. like, you know, surfing or the mountains or animals or whatever. If you can find God in all these different things, it's just so great to reflect and then give glory and praise back to God for those things in your life. And oh, then people yeah. will see that and go, what does she have? Is she on something? Yeah. I, I want to say it was, um, gosh, Athanasius. I was, I was, God bless you. I was, I was in the church fathers yesterday because I'm very educated. Well, sure. Uh, but the Athanasius, comic book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Church <laughs> father. <laughs> the action Bible. <laughs> but talking about like how God is, he never was apart from creation. Like, you know, like Christ came into creation, but he was, but it's not like he was ever out of it, right? right? He was always revealing himself to it. That's why the Greek or the Greek and Roman philosophers could get to the point where they say there must be a causal force, right? There must be something outside of creation that causes creation. It's because, you know, yeah, God is being revealed in all of those things. It, and we just have to continue to seek him in those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. and We'll wrap this up. Um, I got nowhere to go. We can make this a three hour one. We're going to do another episode. Oh Lord, I'm busy. Yeah. Um, what, in, in, in a quick, in a quick sentence, and we'll get more into this maybe in the next episode, what does that mean? So if I say, you know, I have a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? How would you, what does that mean if you're going to explain that to somebody in a quick sort of, they're getting on the subway sort of way? How do we have relationships now? We communicate, we talk, we share our story. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, listen to the story of how much he loves you. Share your journey and your life with him. I remember when I was uh, younger, I used to take these long walks and I would say to to the Lord, I'm going to talk to you on the way out. You talk to me on the way back. (laughs) Mm. And so there's something about communicating and listening. And ultimately the Holy Spirit is a gift to us, this person who's helping us to understand what it looks like to live, you know, this Christian life with um, kind of this radical, like, willingness, you know, a generous act on our part. And um, I think in some ways it really just simply comes down to um, sharing and communicating. The concern for people is, am I just talking to myself? Right, absolutely. But it is an (laughs) act of faith here. So there is an act of faith. You can't see necessarily the Spirit of God tangibly Mm. you can't necessarily see unless you go and look at the eucharist and with faith believe that jesus is in fact there it does take a willingness to believe an act of faith but um i'm okay with that because i have seen him um work in my life that can only be explained by his intervention and i have heard him speak to my heart in a way that could only be described as him speaking to me and there's nothing that anyone could do to take that away from me i think um, the more I grow in my relationship with my family, the more I understand what that sounds like, looks like, and is. Absolutely. That, I just want to say that was more than a sentence. I know. I was. Gonna... Oh, I, I do apologize. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, no indication. Well, unless it was like <laughs> one long run-on sentence. Yeah. No, I don't breathe. It was. A, yeah. It was a sentence in the way that Saint Paul writes sentences. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a James Joyce sentence. Yeah. Stream of consciousness. Yeah. Okay, Judy. What would you? How would you reply? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> relationship with Jesus. What's a relationship like, with? Yeah, what's other what question? is really just like he was saying a relationship with anyone else? The more you want to know someone, the more you love someone, you're not just gonna say hi, how are you to them in the hallway. You're gonna say like you're gonna get up in their grill and you're gonna almost like Facebook stalk them. You're gonna find out everything about them and not just through Facebook, not th- just through other people's opinions, but you're gonna enter into a relationship and. Uh, the thing is, when you put in a little, you get back so much, and it's not like any other relationship. It's it's being, it's walking and having um, communion with the Lord. I almost said the Lord of the Rings with the 
with, <laughs> with the king, with the creator of heaven. I mean, it's uh, it's so intimate and it's so great that um, once you taste it, once you get um, just start to live in it, you, you'll want more and you want more and you want more. And it's just it, your life is changed by it. And hopefully people see that. And that's why they ask you on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the subway, because we're in California. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Vinny. Um, that at least in my life, like the my encounter with the Holy Spirit has has always come from that beginning of that conversation, with you know, and and have and fostering that relationship. But it's also like where where I've kind of encountered the Holy Spirit is like I'll be in prayer and whatever it is, and outside of it, there's that like poking on my heart to move. It, it may it's not necessarily the emotion, but like to actually go out and and have that like act, act on it. Yeah. You know, so there's that there's that expectant for immediate response, but then his response is, well, here's what I'm asking you to do, and, and having that ability, knowing that he's reaching out to you through the Holy Spirit to act and 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 do something about it. Because I mean, even in in Acts of the Apostles, that's what it was. You know, they Spirit comes down, fills the apostles, and they went out and they did something with it. Yeah, you know. So I would say, just in my own life this experience of my dad's passing in some respects has affected the way I view my relationship with the Lord. And because there's always that very abstract, like, oh, he's your friend. You should go to him with everything. And then, and I realized that for like a month or two after my dad passed, I just didn't pray. Hmm. And, and it sounds so ridiculous, but it's because I didn't like the, that idea of vulnerability. I was telling myself I was okay, and I knew that if I would go to the Lord, I would have to admit that I wasn't, you know. And that's all. That's not conscious. There's no, but like, and so finally when I came back to prayer, it was just like, I've been waiting here for you to, mm. you know, to have you in this. And so that it's, he's the, in my relationship with the Lord, there is a inherent vulnerability you know, that is a necessary thing. So anyway, we can get more into this in the next episode. This has been the Afternoon Morning Show brought to you by Everyday Catholic, 51C Nonprofit. Dot com. If, <laughs> dot com. If you want to get more information on 50, on, I hate this part. If you want to get more information on Everyday Catholic, go to everydaycatholic.com. Dot com. And then Chris, where can people find you on the webs? Uh, just two places I want to direct your attention. Yeah. <laughs> ChrisPadgett.com, which is really uh, more for booking stuff. But um I do a lot of things with uh, the Bookaholic now. I'm really kind of obsessed with books. No. Uh, the Bookaholic. But CatholicFam.org is the ministry one, too. So there's a few places to find yeah. it. CatholicFam.org is a nonprofit, right? Yep, it is a nonprofit. Yeah. And we basically work for uh, families and marriages to help uh, renew them and get them pretty excited about their faith and their families. Right, you guys are creating resources to go out and parish bulletins. And yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of really tangible, practical things. We did a series for couples and... Um, called the Bar Building Authentic Relationships. So we do the bulletin insert, and we do a quarterly magazine, and so there's a lot of things there that are meant to real, really help. A lot of uh, retreats and things like that. But yeah, um, I so love it. Check that out. And then Judy, where where can people find wow, you? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a my MySpace page. <laughs> Just updated it with some new uh, music. No, it's JudyMcDonald.net. JudyMcDonald.net. And I'm on all the other, the, the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find me in Reddit. <laughs> Usually in uh, Awesome Puppers. All right. Subreddit. Well, and, uh, <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.